You know, there was a vulnerability 15 to 20 years ago that, that doesn't exist today. Uh, smartphones have changed everything. Um, 15 to 20 years ago, you, you had to ask directions, or you're supposed to ask directions. Um, 15 to 20 years ago, you couldn't do what you do today. Today, you take the smartphone out, you punch in an address, and you're given step-by-step directions on how to get somewhere. They may be a little bit off, but they'll get you pretty close, no matter what. 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. 20 years ago, the best way to find a new place sometimes was to follow someone else. Um, there are good leaders, and there are bad leaders. Um, and I remember several times people following me. You know, I'm from Perrin, so here I am. We're going to Dallas. If you're ever taking somebody who's only driven in Perrin, take them to Dallas, it's a nightmare. But anyway... You try to lead them in to the place you're going, and there's so many turns and so many places to go, and you can't find your way. The other time I was helping a man move his mother-in-law from Austin back to Abilene, and uh, he tried to lead me to his mother-in-law's house. We didn't have cell phones. We got lost several times because he would take a turn that I didn't see because he was two miles ahead of me. And then sometimes following just takes faith. Um, like maybe I should tell the youth and children to, to cover their ears. In Perrin, it's, it used to be called Broken Road. Now it's called DPS Tower Road. It was, that wasn't supposed to be a joke. Um, okay. Um, it was the place where the parties happened. But the way Broken Road was, it used to be a real road that, that actually met. But there was a bridge in the middle that had collapsed, thus broken road well you drove out there on this very narrow road with these ditches on both sides that were about four foot deep on each side there was no passing each other you had to go all the way out there and when you got to the end there was a little driveway right here and you got to the end and there was this nothing but grass it was a field but the directions to go to the place where kids hung out were when you get to the grass keep going it's a field. It's a wall of grass. But when you drove through the grass by about 50 feet, it opened up into another field that had no grass. And it was a hidden area where kids went to do things kids shouldn't do. And it was broken road. And so it took faith a little bit. The first time I ever went out there, but I, I, actually, I was with somebody else. Um, and <laughs> the first time I went out there, they said, go through the grass. And I'm going... That grass was six foot high. I'm not driving through that grass. And I'm like, well, let's try it. So I put the truck in four-wheel drive and we went through the grass. And all of a sudden I get out there and it's this great big open area. And I was like, oh. But I had to have the faith to listen to the person who gave me the directions to do that. This week, we are beginning a, a series on the idea of following you know, in our smartphone-based society, we lose sight of what it really means to follow sometimes. And so this week, I want to start a series on just simply entitled Follow Me. That is a discipleship series on what it means to follow Jesus and how we follow Jesus. Follow me, your words that Jesus continually said. When Jesus met someone that he wanted to come along with him, he would simply say, follow me. And when he said these things... It was an exciting change to the life of a person. A person's life was different in that moment. Something was going to happen. And so 
they're not long passages. They're always pretty short when Jesus calls someone. And so we're going to begin our series by looking at those call passages. And the first one is there in the book of Matthew, in the fourth chapter. Uh, there, as we see in Matthew so far, we've had the birth of Jesus. And, so, and the wise men have come to, to see Jesus and, and to um, worship Him and to bring their gifts. They have gone a different way home. Joseph has been warned in a dream to take the baby and run to Egypt. So they've gone to Egypt. They've returned to Nazareth. We've seen Jesus be baptized. We've seen his temptation in the wilderness. And we've seen him declare his ministry. And then we come here to Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 18. And it says, As he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea since they were fishermen. Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come to you right now, and we thank you and praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vessel, and the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we do thank you, and we praise you once again, and we ask all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. This is an interesting story to me, as you have two sets of people, two sets of, of brothers at work, simply doing what they've always done. One of the things that we see in this passage is that the call to follow Jesus can come anytime and anywhere. They were at work. We have a tendency in our culture to keep church decisions within the church building. For some reason, we think this is where people get saved. You know, they walk the aisle, they say a prayer, and they're saved. But the majority of people in the world who come to salvation in Jesus happen outside the church building. The majority of our following of Jesus happens outside the church building. We have this misunderstanding sometimes of the place of faith within our society. <clears throat> we have this idea that the separation of church and state means that our faith does not inform anything else that we do. That's simply not true. Our faith as followers of Jesus should inform everything that we do. When we follow Jesus, it, it takes place anytime and anywhere. Anywhere that we're at, anytime that we're at, that call of Jesus matters. The call to follow Jesus doesn't take a break on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's still there. We're still called to follow. We're still called to walk in faith. People are saved everywhere. Now, one of my vices in this world may be the fact that I like professional wrestling. Um, it's not fake. It's choreographed. <laughs> <clears throat> But there was a man in the 90s by the name of Sting who was a professional wrestler. His real name is Steve Borden. Steve Borden, if you've ever followed him and seen his story, was a wrestler in all that it entailed. Everything that that lifestyle entails, he was a part of. And one night, he was in a hotel room when the Spirit of God was upon him, and he 
in that room began reading the scripture of the Gideon Bible he found there in his nightstand. And through that place, in that time, in that hotel room on the road, Steve Borden came to Jesus. It's amazing that people get saved everywhere. They get saved anywhere. The call to Jesus can come anytime and anywhere. It doesn't have to come in the church building. You don't have to be here for God to call you to follow him. Now, that doesn't mean we don't come to church. Church has its place and it has its purpose, and we're called to do that. But that doesn't mean that we have to be here to experience his call. He may call us elsewhere and call us to do something that's outside the scope of the church building. Because the call to Jesus also, like I said, applies everywhere. Yes, it applies on Sunday. Yes, it applies on Wednesday. But it also applies at the basketball game. It also applies, don't give me that look, it applies at the basketball game. You know, before you jump up and say something, what would Jesus do? You know, the call to, applies everywhere. It applies no matter what you're doing. It applies in everything, in every area of your life. When you go to work, the things that you do at work are supposed to be a reflection of what Jesus would have you to do. Now, I remember there was a time that I was working for a company um, in Brownwood. <coughs> it was a grocery store. And I was a bagger. Whatever you call that. I guess you're just a bagger. Um, and I was bagging a woman's groceries. And she brought her eggs, and I got them, and they were dripping at the bottom. And I said, oh, hold on, ma'am. These eggs are broken. Let me get you another dozen. And I went and got her another dozen, and I put it to the side. And I gave them to my manager to put in the, in the throwaway, the write-off pile or whatever it was. And he told me, put them back. Somebody won't notice, and we'll take them. I said, I quit. I'll see you later. And I did. I walked out and I didn't go back. Because who we are should be who we are wherever we are. The things we do at work should matter. The things that we do at home should matter. You know, we have a tendency to believe that what we do in our home is private. That nobody else knows about it. That, that it doesn't matter the things that I do there. But those things matter. Because integrity is who you are when no one's looking. Jesus is there. You know, there's that one thing that my youth minister always told me, how I could know something was appropriate or not. If I was doing that when Jesus came back, would I be okay with it? The things that you do within your home, if you were doing them when Jesus came back, are you okay with that? Would you be okay for him to find you that way? Sometimes it's just in our business, how we do things, how we treat others, how we talk to others. It's very easy to talk down to people sometimes. It's very easy to, to think somehow we're better than somebody else. So I, I have a degree, so I'm better than the person who doesn't. They're probably making more money than I am, but, you know, hey, I'm better somehow. No, who we are is defined by Jesus, not by what we do. And how we act and react, that applies everywhere. The call to follow Jesus doesn't just stop when you walk outside the church doors. There was a statistic I read once that's very telling. And this was confirmed by several of my friends who worked in the hospitality industry and food service. Nobody wanted to work the Sunday afternoon lunch hour. Why? Because church people are the worst people. They are the ones who made them 
just made, made them feel horrible. They looked down on them. They didn't tip well. It was the worst crowd to be around, and so they just didn't work Sunday afternoons. They wanted to stay away. And so people always look at me. Um, Carrie and I, we had our differences. I've, I talked about this last week and probably got in trouble when I got home. But, you know, my family's view of money and her family's view of money were polar opposite. In my family, it was just money. In her family, money had this importance. And when we got together, the first time I gave a tip, I left a tip at a restaurant, she tried to take part of it back. No, no. But that's too much. No, it's not. I want to bless them. But they didn't give good service. I don't care. Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe the last person didn't give them anything at all, and they came in, they see us here now, and they're going, great, somebody else who's not going to tip me, and, and they just had a bad day. Maybe I blessed them in that way. I saw it as a way to bless someone. The things that we do and how we do them matter. And so when people see us and know us, you know, it, it's the thing that they thought, that person really blessed me. And sometimes I'll leave just a little note and, and, and try to bless them some way in that way, as, uh, on top of it, to let them know that, that their life matters. The call to Jesus applies everywhere we are, no matter what we're doing. But for these guys especially, and I love this, the call to Jesus can transform your vocation. God may not call you to change your job, but he may change how you do your job. These guys were fishermen. They caught fish. And Jesus said, come with me, follow me. I'm going to teach you to fish for men. He wasn't changing their job. Their job was going to be the same. They were going out to catch things. But Jesus was changing how they did their job. It was something that happened. He didn't change their vocation. He transformed their vocation. Maybe for you, you're a teacher. And maybe he changes your vocation, transforms your vocation. You go from teaching facts to guiding lives. Maybe you're a chef. I've seen lots of these um, new restaurants pop up now where they don't charge you anything. They just want you to give what you can because they want to be able to feed the homeless and anybody else. The chef has been gone from feeding, feeding bellies to feeding souls. Maybe for you, you're a mechanic. I, I watched a Texas Country Reporter. I know the young people might not know what that is, but Texas Country Reporter, TCR. Mm -hmm. We used to watch that. Well, they had TV. And they had a guy on there one day in DFW. He was a mechanic. And he had taken his shop. And now... His side business was actual work. What he did with his shop was put cars together for people who couldn't afford them and who needed them. And that was his ministry. God had taken his, his mechanic skills and he went from fixing cars to fixing people. And then we get to the racy stuff. There was a group of women who used to be <clears throat> exotic dancers who found Jesus. And their ministry now is to go into those types of establishments to share the love of Jesus with those women still caught in that kind of lifestyle. They're still tempting someone away from something, but now they're tempting them away from a bad lifestyle and do a lifestyle with Jesus. The call of Jesus can transform your vocation, can make it into something that it, it, more than it was. But also the call of Jesus will involve sacrifice says, immediately they left their nets and followed him. And then for the sons of Zebedee, immediately left their boat and their father and followed him. 
it's going to cost something. We don't talk about this much. We say, come on down. You're the next contestant to go to heaven. Just follow Jesus and that's it. But according to Scripture, there's more to it than that. According to Scripture, it's going to cost us something because to follow Jesus and truly follow Jesus will involve sacrifice. We're going to have to give something up. Maybe some important things. Maybe some choices that, that are unpleasant. Maybe there are some uh, things that, that God doesn't like that, that you take part in, that you, that you uh, really enjoy. You know, maybe it's the show. Maybe it's the music. Maybe it's the books that you're reading. Maybe it's the friendships that you have. There are sacrifices involved. Maybe God's saying, give this up. Give it up. Just, just don't need that anymore. I'll give you something else. One of the hardest things I ever did was giving up satellite TV. I don't know why it was so hard. But it was hard. I was like, wait a minute. I can't just have mindless noise on in the background anymore. And God was like, maybe you don't need mindless noise on in the background anymore. Maybe the noise is drowning out the voice that I need you to hear. Maybe the noise is getting in the way of what it is I've called you to do. These fishermen left the tools of their trade. The most precious thing they had in the world, they left them behind. They sacrificed them and walked away to follow Jesus. I always think, man, there's got to be more to this story. He walked up and he said, follow me. And they said, sure. I'm going to leave all this behind and I'm going to follow you, Jesus. And he, they did it. They sacrificed everything. All of them. And then, sons of Zebedee, it was, they left their boat and their daddy and followed Jesus. That's hard. They gave up everything. There was a sacrifice that was to be made. And when God calls us, when Jesus calls us, it's going to be a sacrifice. I don't know what that sacrifice will be for you. It's going to be something. I know one thing it'll be for all of us. It's going to be our control of our life. If we're truly going to follow Jesus, we've got to give up control. That's hard. Because so many of us want to be in control. Can I see a show of hands? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> we like to control things. We want to have things just how we want them and do it this way. This is how it's got to be. We want control. And Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. You know what happens when the follower tries to lead and doesn't follow the leader? We get all sorts of messed up. We find ourselves in, in all sorts of places. <laughs> I was following, or somebody was supposed to be following me, or I don't know who was leading them anymore, here a few weeks ago. And I kept going, where are they going? This is the right way to get there, but they're going this way. And I'm like, okay, Troy, you're following. Just calm down. Jesus, that's what he does, right? Come on, follow me. But Jesus, it's so much easier if we do this. That's, that's not what I want you to do. I don't want you to do it that way. I want you to do it this way. But, but Jesus, this is a shortcut. I didn't tell you to take a shortcut. I told you to follow me. And the call to follow Jesus, we're told here, is immediate. It's immediate. It happens now. Now. It didn't say, oh, when this fishing season's over, I'll follow you. 
They didn't say, let me think about it a while, Jesus. Immediately, he left, they left their nets and followed him. Immediately, they left their boat, they left their father, and they followed him. Now, this isn't in the notes. It's not really a point, I guess. It's just a reminder. Because everything we've said may go, oh, that was kind of a downer. The call to follow Jesus is worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. It's going to be sacrificial. You're going to have to leave things behind. It's going to change your life, but it is so worth it. Because when Jesus begins to move in your life, things begin to look wholly different to you. You can look at the same situation before you know Jesus and follow Jesus and after, and it looks like two completely different things. Do you still have the time? Sometimes you have to take a step back. Let's take a breath. Let's step back once and look at it again. Because we still have that flesh that wars within us. We still have that flesh that wants us to look and panic and go, there's a problem, how can I fix it? And Jesus is saying, stop, wait, follow. It'll work itself out. It'll work itself out. Maybe this morning, you have been <laughs> trying to, to lead Jesus. Maybe, maybe you have accepted Jesus and said, you know what? But Jesus, now, now I know. Now I know the way to go. I know how to get there. I know how to get there. One of the, one of the favorite verses to be in the Bible, I say this a lot. I was told at my last church that I always say that. You have so many favorite verses. Well, I do. It's the Bible. But there in John 14, and Jesus says, you know where I'm going. And Thomas goes, I don't know where you're going, Jesus. He's like, you've been with me how long and you don't know? You should know where I'm going. But I love that when he says, I don't know where you're going, Jesus. He'd been with Jesus how long? He didn't know where he was going. We can't get ourselves in front of Jesus. We've got to follow Jesus. Jesus knows the way to where he's going. And if we follow him, we'll find ourselves there. He's the one who leads us. He's the one who takes us. He's the one who shows us. Maybe this morning, you've been had a problem following. It's easy to do because I want to be in control. Maybe this morning, you've been struggling with something else. Maybe you need to pray. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to turn into missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you're hearing the call for the first time this morning. Maybe this morning you're finally hearing Jesus say, follow me. Now's a great time. We're not promised tomorrow. We're promised right now. Just walk down and say, Brother Troy, I want to know Jesus and we'll go from there. But wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to him. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessing. I ask right now that you would take this time, Father, use it for your glory. Father, make every need known. Don't let anyone walk away from here today that has a need that goes unmet. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake. Amen. Let's stand, please.